Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody. I'm your host and friend, Reverend Sarah McCain, and I'd like to welcome listeners to Sacred Sunday. Sacred Sunday was just created to focus on the tenets of Sunday is a special day to set aside some time for spiritual focus, meditation, and prayer. All faiths are welcome. I am a Christian in recovery, and all Bible readings will be out of my Ryrie Study Bible, and you can use any Bible you wish, of course. I've had many spiritual experiences, and in gratitude, we will have ongoing Bible readings and also 
reading from selected materials. I'm just focused on being my real self and carrying the message given to me and just reading the Bible. That's all. And we made our way, we way all through to Titus, and uh, we're very grateful for that. And thank you, God, for getting us up this morning. And uh, we wish everybody across the, the world uh, many prayers and blessings. And maybe all the angels and Jesus and Mary and everybody and all the saints watch over everybody. And I want to say happy here in America. We celebrating the 4th uh, tomorrow. And I want to wish everybody a very happy 4th of July. And uh, I wish everybody a safe and sound holiday. And for opening prayer, let's say together, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we pray for all Christians being persecuted worldwide. Their freedoms to worship and lives are in great jeopardy. And we do know this. We also pray for all those who suffer and from violence here at home and abroad we pray for all those who are sick in mind and body those who are lonely and uncomforted and we ask god to forgive us for our sins we pray for those suffering from domestic violence in their own homes and freedom from addiction of all kinds and please send mercy to the poor and those who don't have us over their head or have anything we thinking of them and thank god Thank God there's angels and there's a better place to go. And please, God, send your mighty archangel, Michael, to fight against evil and protect lives that are taken for distorted reasons. We believe that people are then killed when they don't deserve it, and they become martyrs, and then they're in heaven now watching over us and praying for us also. We also go out, our prayers go out to all those who suffer in the world, including the animals who can't speak for themselves. We also pray for wisdom for our president and the rest of our policymakers. We have many decisions to make, and we are praying for all countries for problems of suffering all over the world. Thank you, God, for everything that you have left us and given us and all everything that you've healed in us. And thank you, God, just God, for giving us our life. And we ask Jesus to bless us and help us grow under his care. And we ask we have everybody and their families in our prayers. We ask this in Jesus' name. Help us, dear Lord. Amen. And I want to give my special condolence to my friend Tiffany. She has lost her son in the worst way, and we want to let her know that we believe that he's in a better place. And we're sorry for this whole thing, Tiffany. Our hearts are broken with you, and God bless you. I hope you find comfort in your your daughter and, and the new babies and the, all that. And I love you, Tiff. Bye bye. Okay, so. Um, if you don't have a Bible there with you, go to www.bibli.com, B-I-B-L-I-A.com. And the opening music was by Save Vocal Group from the CD Native Angels by Save. And if you want to order a copy, contact S-A-V-A-E.org. And they're, they do, they're on Facebook and they do live shows. And you can listen to them for free on YouTube. And also you can get your CD on Amazon as I did. Okay, so everybody that has a birthday today, we want to wish you a very blessed and happy birthday to everybody. 
and we wish you a very prosperous year ahead. And now we're coming to read our Shmoop uh, summary of Titus. This is the first chapter. And uh, this is another letter from Paul to Titus. And uh, I'm going to read the summary right now from uh, Shmoop.com. Greetings. It's time for another letter from Paul. This time he's writing to his other friend and traveling companion, Titus. Paul reminds Titus that he left him in Crete so that he could keep order there. Seems that the people of Crete are in need of some leadership. Titus is supposed to pick leaders of every city, and Paul lays out some guidelines. Elders should be blameless. Good luck there. Excuse me so much. I know my soap doesn't sound too good this morning. Stick with me. Uh, they also have been also tasked to be married only once, and the kid and have kids are Christian too. Bishops also have to be upstanding guys. No one is who's arrogant, mean, and alcoholic or greedy need apply for the position. A bishop needs to have a level a level lead and be able to pass on what's true and right, namely Paul's teaching. And you've got to have strong leaders because there are lots of Christian naysayers out there who are rebelling against Paul's teaching, which are in turn Jesus' teaching. These naysayers think that all Christians need to follow Jewish law and be circumcised. I know Paul has well dealt with this before. He tells Titus to make take it to these guys and try to get them to stop following Jewish myths and turn them away from the truth. It's time to bring the pain, Titus. So he's asking Titus to... Um, you know, straighten out the leadership and everything else because, you know, as we have told you, that Paul is, is actually writing all this from prison. So now let's read from the Bible, and we're going to Titus. And I can't believe how far we have been. Titus. Okay, let's read the introduction. Authorship. See the... Uh, Introduction to First Timothy. Anyway, the historical background, the probable order of significant events is this. Paul was released from his house arrest in Rome, where we find him in the end in Acts. Paul, because his accusers did not choose to press the charges against him before Caesar, and their case, therefore, was lost by default, and Paul was freed. Two, Paul visited Ephesus, left Timothy there to supervise the churches, and went on to Macedonia. And that's northern Greece. And then from there, he wrote First Timothy 1, and he visited Crete, left Titus there to supervise those churches, and went to uh, Nicopolis in uh, Acacia. And that's in southern Greece. And uh, either from Macedonia or Nicopolis, he wrote this letter to encourage Titus. He visited Troas, where he suddenly was arrested and taken to Rome in prison and finally beheaded. From Rome during his second imprisonment, he wrote Second Timothy. Titus is a Gentile by birth, and Titus was converted through the ministry of Paul, and he accompanied Paul to Jerusalem at the time of the Apostolic Council, and he was Paul's emissary to the church at Corinth during the third missionary journey. Titus and two others took the letter we call Second Corinthians to Corinth and left Titus and the Corinthians to make good their promise to give to the poor in Jerusalem. Titus increased to use his administrative gifts to consolidate the work there. Artemis or Tyrannus probably relieved Titus in Crete so he could join Paul 
and Nicopolis. From there, Paul sent him to Dalmatia and the former Yugoslavia. And then tradition says he returned to Crete and died there. And his important topics discussed in the letter include qualifications for elders, instructions to various age groups, and relationship to government, and the relationship to regeneration of the human works of the spirit. So let's now read our read our Bible here. Okay, now we're at Titus chapter one. Open greetings. Paul, a bondservant of God and the an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the faith of those chosen of God, and the knowledge of truth which is according to godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised long ages ago, but at the proper time manifested even his word in the proclamation which I was entrusted according to the commandment of God our Savior, to Titus, my true child, in a common faith, grace and peace from God, the Father, and Christ Jesus our Savior, elders in the church, their desirability. For this reason I left you in Crete, but you had set up and set up set in order what remains and appoint elders in every city as I directed you. Their qualifications, namely, if any man is above reproach, the husband of, a, of one wife, having children who believe accused of dissipation or rebellion. For the overseer must be above reproach as God's steward, not self-willed and the quick-tempered or addicted to, to wine, not pugnacious, not fond of sordid gain, but hospitable, loving what is good, sensible, just, devout, self-controlled holding fast the faithful word, which is in accordance with the teaching, so that he he will be both able to exhort in sound doctrine and to refute those who contradict the offenders in the church. There have been many rebellious men, empty talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision, who must who must be silenced because they're upsetting whole families, teaching things they should not teach for the sake of sort of gain. One of the one of themselves, a prophet of their own, said, "Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, and they're gluttons. This, this uh, oh, lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. For this reason, we prove them severely, and to be sound in the faith, not." disobedient and worthless for any good deed. Wow. Just really killing them off. <laughs> Let's go read the notes. So one one for the faith. Guardian godliness, Paul was commissioned to further fit further the faith of God's elect so that they might acquire full knowledge of Christian truth. Titus. He is not mentioned in Acts in New Testament references to Titus activities are found in Second Corinthians. And child, a term used in a section also by Paul of Timothy and Osmosis. Okay, one five remains. A church is defective unless it has constituted leaders in Crete. These are, are appointed or ordained by Titus. And then wife and man and one wife. A one-woman man, whenever mentioned in the New Testament, elders are seen as being married and as having children. Some think this phase means one wife at a time. Others, one living wife. 
but most likely it means only one wife. And where the similar phase can only be support the latter. And let's see, where the remarriage of a a widow is permitted, uh, children who believe, and many may mean believing children, as translated here, or faithful children, even though unbelievers. And then it says overseas. Uh, used interchangeably with the elder, emphasized this function. And in Greek cities, the first century A.D., the vices described here were common. And then um, sound doctrine, healthy doctrine. And then uh, good doctrine always results in good practice, and good practice is always based on good doctrine. And then uh, the group that required keeping the law for salvation and sanctification, they were also interested in money, and held to Jewish men. Okay, so let's see. Just keep going here. Okay, Jewish myths, speculations of agnostic sort, supposedly based on Old Testament scripture. For Gnosticism, see the introduction to First John. Purity is an internal matter of the mind, the conscience, not external. And then um, he speaks of worthlessness, and he's tested and found unfit. Disapproved. And in, culture, in contrast to false teachers, sound doctrine, healthy teaching, that which causes behavior to be in accord with belief. So then we come as being very much extorted by Paul, as usual, as he had to contend with a lot of false beliefs and uh, not Christian beliefs. And um, since Paul is the OG, you're going to listen to Paul. So um, next week, we will come back for Titus uh, chapter 2. And let me see what we can read today. I'm in trouble with all my stuff here. I don't feel very well today. And I'm sorry. Um, I don't know if this messed up too. So anyway, I'll just keep going. And I'm going to read a story out of my faithful book. The guideposts. And um, let's see, see, I'm going to pick a story at random. I haven't chosen before, hopefully, and we will read this. Okay, this is Trapped in a Fiery Blaze by Katie Clark, and she's from Hanover, Pennsylvania. And also by Doug Saylor, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Here we go. Okay, Katie Clark, as soon as I woke up from Friday, July 7th last year, I remembered that my three-year-old son, Jordan, and I wouldn't be following our usual schedule. Instead of dropping him off at the daycare and then going to my job at the attorney's office, I would be taking him to the Milton S. Hershey Medical Center, about an hour and 15 minutes away from where we live. Jordan was born with SVT, supraventricular when I got out, Jordan's clothes for the day, I was calling how at breakfast into my lap and asked to wear my angel pin. As a single parent, I struggled to find the energy and time to get everything done. My church gave me much support for the remainder of God's constant presence. I, the reminder of God's constant presence, I was taken to wearing an angel pin with an aquamarine stone given to me by a friend. It reminded me that God was watching over us. For more than a year, I had worn it every day 
And that day I forgot to pin it on. I dressed Jordan in a gray one-piece outfit that I bought. It has a red, red and white lettering reading extra, extra large athletic. His red sneakers and a baseball cap. He looked like a man, but he looked great. Working as a truck driver for our family's feed and seed company in Boxville, I usually get an early start, getting the road by 5 a.m. So I was surprised that Sunday morning when I picked up the phone to hear my dad asking why I hadn't started out yet. Checked at 7 a.m. I could hardly believe my eyes. I fell them over sleep, but apparently this day I was going to be different. In fact, that wasn't the only unusual thing that day. Says I needed to pick up a load of loading Camp Hill and drive to Thomasville. And in all my years of making deliveries, I've never taken the road between those two locations. As I drove, I thought of my wife, Robin, and our three children, Scott, Amber, and Jamie. I considered all the fun things that they would be doing on a warm summer day. And looking at my watch, I hoped that I would be home for dinner. At Camp Hill, I loaded up and got advice on the best way to Thomasville, then headed my 60-foot rig out of the loading area. As I switched gears, I reviewed the directions for Route 15. Now we're back to Katie. Katie, it was 9 a.m., and when we left our home in Hanover and headed for Route 15, there had been rain, but it also stopped. I had a fleeting thought of the freak accidents people have, but I reminded myself that it was, I was a very careful driver. Surely people would avoid accidents if they stood alert and drove carefully. After turning onto Route 15 in Dillsburg, as we approached the first stoplight, I thought, there's the McDonald's where we usually eat. That's where Jordan plays. People have told me that I came to a complete stop at the red light, but I can't remember anything except slowing down. There, then, is only blankness. Doug. As a truck driver, I learned to be alert and watch out for drivers around me. I remember where the cars are. I look for them out of the corner of my eye. Heading south on Route 15, I downshifted as I approached the red light in Dillsburg. I noticed two cars stopped at the intersection facing me, but behind them a truck was coming and going too fast to stop. It was a triaxle bulk feed truck with a tank as big as most folks' living rooms. What was wrong? Had he his light already switched to green? I glanced at the light and I heard a crashing thud. I saw the front car fly about 100 feet across the intersection. It had been hit by a second car, which had been hit by a truck. Flames leaped from under the hood of the car, racing around. I wondered if it would explode. Now we're back to Katie. Katie, I can't recall the accident, but I remember heat, terrible, intense, overwhelming heat, and sickening and plastic. My eyes were stung, and my nose burned, and sparked. I'll never forget that horrifying smell. Now it's Doug. I pulled my rig off the road, grabbed my fire extinguisher, and ran to the burning car. I emptied the fire extinguisher onto the flames. Others came to help. Through thick smoke, I glimpsed what looked like an arm in the driver's window, but all the doors were jammed. Get back, I shouted at one person to the inside the car. I had to smash the window. I broke the window with a fire extinguisher. A young woman was in the front seat, and she was blood on her face. And leaning to the window, I pulled her out. She was alive. Someone carried her to the embankment. Relieved, I stood back and looked at the car. And through the smoke and flames, I thought I saw a movement. 
There was someone else inside. I looked like a child. I dashed back to the car, but it was too late. Oh, gosh. The heat had intensified, and the flames were leaping out of the car. Another man tried, but he couldn't make it either. I tried again, but the heat was too much to bear. The ground was littered with fire extinguishers, unless they brought and emptied. Still, the fire blazed. Katie, I don't remember being lifted out of the car, but I do remember being taken to the embankment. I saw people running around, and the ambulance crew arrived. I noticed my car with smoke and flames going around it. But something was wrong, terribly wrong. Suddenly, I realized Jordan was not beside me. I heard a scream coming from me, louder than I'd ever screamed in my life. My baby, my baby's inside. Somebody get him out. And this is from Doug. From somewhere behind me, I heard a woman scream, my baby, get my baby, in my mind flashed to the image of my own children. What if they had been in there? I had to try. I dashed toward the car again, bracing for the terrible heat. But the strangest things happened. It was as though something from above had blown down on the car and had driven the heat and flames back. Climbing through the window, I could see a young boy in an engine seat. I fumbled for the buckle on the strap that it wouldn't give. I grabbed the child and pulled, but he was strapped so tight I couldn't get him out. I pulled and pulled nothing. I slid back out. We needed something for cutting, and I took out my pocket knife and headed back in. Strangely enough, the breath-cool air was still holding the heat and the fire back. I maneuvered between the steering wheel and the seat and my legs sticking out the window. Frantically, I cut the cords and straps to see anything I could to get my hands on. I prayed I didn't hurt the child, and finally I pulled again. He was free. Holding him close, I pushed my way out of the car window. Katie, Jordan, and I ended up at Hershey Medical Center that day, but not exactly the way we had planned. We both had concussions, cuts, and bruises, and I needed people to close a wound in my back and my head. But neither of us seriously burned. And Jordan's heart remained stable. Thank God. The more amazing to me, Jordan hadn't suffered from any bad memories or nightmares. Looking at pictures of the crushed and burning car, I shuddered to think of what we were inside. And the angel pin, it was with us all, all the while in Jordan's backpack, where he had put it that morning. But God sent another angel to be with us to protect us. His name is Doug Taylor. Thank God for that. Doug, after the ambulance took Katie and Jordan away, someone brought me a bandage for a cut on my arm and said I looked sunburned. My hands were a bit shaky, but other than that, I felt okay. McDonald's offered me breakfast, but I still had a lot of driving to do. So I had a glass of orange juice to get the taste of the fire extinguisher in my mouth and then hop back in my truck. Looking back, I still think the strange cooling breeze that provided relief from the terrible heat. Sometimes I think God just gave a puff and blew the heat back. People also point to a series of remarkable coincidences. My oversleeping, the unusual destination. I was right where I needed to be at just the right time, and I had plenty of help. Wow. Thank God. Well, it's been a pleasure being with you this morning, and I wish you all the best in everything possible. That God answers your prayers. And then remember that we're never alone. God and his angels are always there watching over us. And they're there at the hardest times. And I think they celebrate us for the best of times. And I wish everybody a very blessed 4th of July weekend. And happy weekend wherever you are. And I have a blessed week to meet again next week. So let's have our closing prayer. 
God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Well, if you have a special prayer request or a positive intention, and until then, I will see you next week. And happy trails, everybody. Love you. Bless you. Bye-bye.